Hello and welcome back to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Mike Freeman. I'm the pastor at Valley Christian Fellowship in Longview, Washington. And today we're continuing in our journey through the Gospel of John, John chapter 6. And if you remember yesterday, yesterday Jesus made this claim of, of partaking in his flesh. And, and this is really him saying that you are to believe in me. Now, yesterday we saw that Jesus, he said, I am going to bring life to the world by giving up my own flesh. He is he is predicting, he is promising, he's he's giving this hint about his death. And, and through his death, he's going to provide this bread from heaven, this manna from heaven, this, this better bread than what was provided for their ancestors centuries ago. And well, this, this, uh, this claim of Jesus, where he says, I'm going to give you my flesh, it starts to become kind of disturbing to those listening. And, and you can imagine this being a, a natural response. If, if we're listening to someone and they say, hey, you need to eat of my flesh, we're going to start saying, this is kind of strange. I'm not, I'm not sure what to do with this. But, but as long as we remember Jesus is calling us to faith in who he is and what he has done, as long as we remember that, we can navigate these, first, or these next few days as Jesus, he, he works this imagery of eating his flesh and, and he develops it even more. And so let's look at our text, beginning in John chapter 6, starting in verse 52. Here's what we have. It says, The Jews, they then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? I mean, they're like, what, what is going on here? Is Jesus going to like uh, cannibalize himself for us? We're a little confused. And so Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Oh man, they're asking, how are we supposed to uh, eat this guy's flesh? And now he says, no, it's not just eat my flesh. You must eat my flesh and drink my blood. Well, verse 54 says, whoever feeds, Jesus continues, whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day, for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. This is such intense imagery. Now, Jesus is speaking this to the Jews, and this is likely referring to some of the Jewish leaders that are potentially gathering around, not for the purpose of seeking salvation in Christ and believing who he is, but uh, we already know the crowds are gathering around because they want what Jesus has to offer, a free meal. And now there's even those who might gather around to critique him. And so now Jesus, he, he makes his imagery explicit. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. Whoever believes in me and in my, my death for them, his flesh, he's already described, his flesh is what he gives for the life of the world. He's talking about his crucifixion, believing in his body broken and his blood being spilled out on behalf of us. We are forgiven by his blood. Whoever then trusts in his identity as the true son of God and in his work, in his sacrifice to pay the price for our sins, says this is the one who has eternal life. And look at the promise. I will raise him up on the last day. This is the promise of resurrection. 
I mean, this is, this is mind-blowing. Jesus says, I am going to die. And he's hinting at his own resurrection because our resurrection, it is built into the, the work of his resurrection. We don't have resurrection unless he has resurrection. Jesus is saying, I am going to die on the behalf of, of those who willing, are willing to believe in, in me, in my identity, and in my substitutionary work. If you believe in my death, guess what? I am not going to stay dead, but I will in fact be resurrected. And the one who believes in me, you will be resurrected in the last day as well. <laughs> my flesh is the true food. And my blood is the true drink. Only through my death and resurrection, only through who I am as the true son of God and through my work as the true sacrifice, the true atonement, the true salvation, only through that will you face resurrection to eternal life. I mean, this is just amazing. What Jesus is laying down in John 6 won't be fully developed until the end of John. But remember, John's goal is that we will believe in Jesus as the Son of God and that we will have life in his name. As Jesus explains this bread, as he builds off of this imagery, when he, when he turns a few loaves into thousands of meals, he is saying, listen, that is all pointing to, not to a free meal, not to a free lunch, not to you having something to eat. All of that is pointing to me as the true bread, as the one who dies and will be resurrected. This is the core of the Christian message. Uh, Paul writes in, in 1 Corinthians 15, he says that he delivers what is of first importance, that Jesus died according to the scriptures. This is what the Old Testament promised, that Jesus was resurrected according to the scriptures. This is what the Old Testament promised. This is prophecy fulfilled. Jesus here, he's building toward that fulfillment and he's telling us, you, you have eternal life. You have a resurrected life. How? How? By trusting in Him. Now, I, I want to, I, I want to allow the ancient way for our modern day today to be one just that is full of hope. I want it to be focused on this phrase: "I will raise Him up on the last day." See, over the last few weeks, we have emphasized over and over again as we've worked the text, we've emphasized this: you must have true faith in the true Jesus and in His true work. We must, we must not depend on ourselves and our good works and in our moral efforts. We must not think that we can, we can make up for the wrong we've done by doing extra good things. We have emphasized that and we've hammered that. But today is almost a payoff. Because when you and I, when we properly look at Christ, crucified and risen for us, then we have this hope. This hope is this, this life will pass away, that this body will pass away, but we will have a resurrected body. We will have an eternal life. We will have a life where all of our pain and sorrow and struggle, it will pass away because we have eaten of Christ. We have trusted in him, that we have placed our faith in the one true son of God. And this is not just a hope for us. This is a hope for our loved ones. Listen, all of us, we have we have people, dear brothers and sisters, who have passed away. 
They are now they are now on the other side of eternity and we know we will see them again and they will have resurrected bodies. This is a hope for us today that are maybe struggling as our bodies age or as we deal with sickness and illness. There are so many so many issues that our, our, our lives hold in front of us. So many issues we face when it comes to the, the wearing down of our bodies and, and even, even the sickness that affects us or, or our loved ones. And as we look down the the corridor of our life and some of us say we hope to have many years and some of us say we we might not have very many more years as we look around at our loved ones who are aging or ailing we we look at them and we say i i want as much time with them as possible but listen we have this hope this hope of resurrection to a life eternal reminds me of that hymn uh a mighty fortress is our God. It says, the, the, the body they may kill, his word abideth still. We have this hope of eternity because of who Christ is and what he has done. So brother or sister today, I would like to just ask you to take hope in Christ. Know that there is a hope that exists beyond the last breath this body breathes. And it is a hope that is eternal through Jesus, the true Son of God, and his death and in his resurrection that we will share in. This is our ancient way for our modern day.